When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, welcome to another Michigan Maniacs podcast. This is Adam Brewer, your host. Uh, Also, uh, we have a Michigan Maniacs fan page. Please go there because I've got all the hype videos for the game. Uh, You can talk to me there. We can look at anything that I post is like cool videos, cool interviews, memes, great pictures, everything that's all Michigan related. You can find it there at the Michigan Maniacs podcast. Also, when I finally uh, get uh, the car decals and the T-shirts and the hats all finally settled and uh, ready to go, I'll put the pictures up, and then we'll get going from there. But um, a little side business. Um, I want to say that this is the one thing I really love doing, guys. And I had a couple friends come to me from – they listened to last week's episode, and they said that Adam – now, we love you, but you curse too much. You make great points, but it's hard to get past all the cursing. Now, I personally love the F-bomb. I love it, I love it, I love it. But I do really want this show to be one of the best shows that all Michigan fans, regardless if you're a maniac or not, you come and you listen because I do love giving my point of view. I, I try hard to find new takes on things. I try to give my crazy predictions or the things I, I believe in or just every little thing. I try not to be the same typical podcast that everybody that, that you can find anywhere about Michigan football. So in doing that. I I need to cut down on the cursing basically because I don't want to lose anybody due to my love of the F word or the or the gosh darn it. Um, but seriously, that's true. I mean, I have people I respect who came to me, Jay, uh, my buddy Jack, and my buddy Chris. All three of them I respect, I like quite a bit, and they all came to me. Uh, they made good points. And I, I do. I want this to be a great, great podcast that everybody, no matter what age or gender, can really sit down and relax and enjoy. So with that being said, let's get on to some business. The game. Now, this is the third chance I've been doing this podcast or this episode of the podcast because I've had technical difficulties. First one I got 50 minutes in. One of the best podcasts I felt I did in a while. Went away. My son then came home. I had talked to him. He just got into the Navy. Just uh, We swore him in the other day. Super proud of my son. Um, no matter how you feel about this country, I hope you always support the men and women who keep this country safe or at least keep it free. Um, and he's going to be one of them. So I'm super proud. I'm very happy. So I had to stop doing the podcast then. So now this is the third attempt to uh, get this bad boy out and so you guys can enjoy it. Before your uh, Thanksgiving holiday and before the game. So, let's get into it. Um, a conspiracy theory was floated by me the other day um, by one Devin Gardner. I don't know him personally, but um, the 
the uh, conspiracy theory that was floated by was uh, he believes that the reason why Michigan was so vanilla, so kind of lame on in the in the red zone last week was because Harbaugh has had his fill of Quinn Nordine, and we needed to get Moody some real live action, some uh, you know field goal action before. My son's a jackass, and he's making fun of me right now. Uh, see, there's another reason why I need to get this uh, podcast paid for people, so I can get a studio. So I can do this away from leering eyes and young teenagers who think they're hilarious. Anyways, getting back to the biz. Uh, Devin Gardner believes that the reason, you know, he's tired of uh, Nordine. Uh I don't blame him. Nordine knuckleballed one too many field goals for me in my in my liking. Moody looked fantastic, even got himself a nice little record to go. As a freshman, mind you, freaking fantastic. Love it. Um, so I kind of get it. I, I want to believe that because I don't want to believe that we really had that hard of a time scoring against a defense like Indiana, which we had the highest, uh, I believe that was the highest total game yards uh, for the game in the season, uh, Indiana didn't stop us from 20 to 20. Uh, so I, it's hard for me to believe that they could really stop us in the red zone. Um, I know we traditionally had a hard time against Michigan State in the red zone. Uh, and we kind of, you know, start off a little slow, a little janky, you know, in the, in the first part of each game. Um, but I really do believe that, that we had a purpose there. So I bring up that conspiracy theory to lead to this conspiracy theory my conspiracy theory of why michigan gets hosed on so many holding penalties all right now i've had this for a while especially starting in 2016 when we watched basically michigan get uh basically molested on the field numerous times uh, by every holding call or thrown, uh, face mask, late hit, uh, cross block, everything you can think of that breaks the rules against Ohio State um, happened because I believe that Jim Delaney, you're going to say, who is Jim Delaney? Well, he is the head of the Big Ten, and he doesn't like Jim Harbaugh. And I can almost guarantee you he doesn't like Jim Harbaugh because a lot of people don't like Jim Harbaugh. And that's fine because not a lot of people like me. And I know exactly how Jim Harbaugh feels. When you have strong opinions and you're a strong-willed person and you're not afraid to let that be known, not a lot of people like you. Or a lot of people who are phony like Jim Delaney. Also, uh... Ohio State was the bell of the ball, and they have been in the Big Ten for quite a while. Probably the whole time Jim Delaney's been the head of the Big Ten, Ohio State has been the one that has been national prominence and a national title to the Big Ten. So I can see why his first priority would be Ohio State. It is all wrapped up in one big, ugly, scarlet red and gray bow. A little package, you know, with the Urban Meyer and the blah, blah, yuck, and this and blah. And uh, I can see why he favored Ohio State, especially in 2016. You know, you don't like Jim Harbaugh. You don't want him to have his chance right off the bat, so you're going to screw him over. Now, this year, I saw the same thing happen, but early. Uh, We saw it with Northwestern. For heaven's sakes, Higdon, case in point. Higdon got tackled. Tackled at the line of scrimmage by a defensive player, and Higdon got called for the holding. Holding! You get tackled and you get called for holding? Only if there's a conspiracy out to stop you from doing anything. And that was their one real chance to get Michigan a second loss. 
And I think that was probably the most penalties in one Michigan game all season long. And that was the, the real the real deal, the real chance to really make some damage to Michigan's title hopes. Um, and also at that point in time, Ohio State was still looking good. Um, then we fast forward to Indiana. The kid kicks the ball out of the official's hand right before halftime. And you know what the official tells Jim Harbaugh? Well, I don't think he meant to do it. Well, guess what, man? Whenever you call a penalty next time for holding or for a face mask, our guys are just going to tell you they didn't mean to do it, and you better live up to the not calling that penalty anymore. You were say, hey, guys, we're picking up this penalty flag because he didn't mean to do it. He didn't mean to do it. That's 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 a case. That that's a defensible case. That's what you're going to do. That's what that's what you're standing on. You go to a freaking head coach and you're going to tell him he kicks it out of your hand, but he didn't mean to do it. Why do we even have refs if this is what they're going to tell us? The fix was in. Didn't happen because Michigan is a fantastic team. This is the team that the Big Ten is going to fall in love with, and they're going to be forced to fall in love with us because we're going to be one of the best effing teams that the Big Ten's had in a long, long time. And what's going to commence in the starting of all this is when we kick little Irby Myers butt right out of the Big Ten after we whip their ass this Saturday. I know I, this is another thing I heard that I'm kind of annoyed with. If we play this way, like we did against Indiana, we're going to lose against Ohio State. Really? That's what we're going to lose? I don't know about you, but if our defense plays like they did and held Ohio State to the same as they played as they held Indiana, um, we're going to win. We're going to win by a lot. When was the last time Haskins has been held to 190 yards passing? Oh, that's right. Never. I don't know why people freak out. Yeah, it was a close game, 17-15 at halftime, I believe. But what happened in the second half? Same thing that happens at every other second half this whole season. Don Brown figured out what was going on, and we shut you down. So if you're going to have any success against Michigan, you better do it in the first quarter. It lessens even more by the second, and that's just how it goes, plain and simple, Okay. We're going to kick your ass. Now, getting back to this conspiracy theory I have with Big Ten going after us. Now, me, like many other fans, have noticed this. And I like I want to give a little shout out to a friend of mine. Um, his name is Jay. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, murder your last name. I'm going to say it's Jay Rousey. A lot like Ronda Rousey, but not sure. Anyways, Jay Rousey, him and I were talking on Michigan, the Michigan Maniac podcast fan page. Like I said, everybody, I'm there answering questions, creating friendships. We're all just being maniacs there, buddy. That's all we're doing. We're enjoying our time, okay? So me and Jay in the conversation, this comes up. We're talking about Jim Delaney being an overall douche. We're also talking about this one thing. So uh, Jay sends me this little bit of information. I'm just going to share this with everybody once I log back into my computer here. But I found it very interesting. Now, I, I may not completely understand it. But because uh, I think there's so many uh, stats that are just so dumb, but this one is kind of interesting. Okay, now this fella who did the research noticed that Winovich, Gary, Uche, anybody you want to admit, anybody you want to look at on the defense line was getting held like a mother effer. 
mother effer, you know, it's fricking. Didn't use the bad boy. Didn't use that big word that I love. Um, anyways, uh, it says here in the past four the past four seasons of the big games, right? The Big Ten games. Uh, Michigan's defense has only drawn 11 holding calls, meaning that the defensive line has only made or has only caused, in the Big Ten's eyes, has only caused the offense to hold them 11 times in 28 games. Now, I would say in three drives, you'd probably see 11 holding calls against Michigan's defensive line because we're so damn dominant you can't stop us and that's the only way you can even slow us down is by holding us a gross amount of times so he created the stat he went over the last four seasons and he came up with this stat now holding calls accepted indiana with 27 leading the league purdue 27 maryland 24 minnesota 23 it gets boring i keep going down but i'll get i'll give you one guess Who's last? That's right, Michigan, 11. Now we'll also go down to accepted holds per 100 plays defended. Weirdly enough, Indiana leads once again with 1.24. You know who's the last? Michigan, 0.58. Shocker, right? They're like saying, I don't care if they tackle you. You're still worse. We may not even call it. And we may not do it. I just It's tough for us to want to do that. Same with total holds per 100 plays defended. Michigan, once again, bottom of the barrel, .76. I can't even get a one there. Nope, sorry. Ain't going to do it. So, with that being said, thank you, Jay, for the information. I really appreciate it. Um, a fantastic maniac there, Jay and his family. Um... And that's one of the main reasons why I want to cut down on the cursing is because of the family experience. I love it. The one thing that hurts me more than anything in this life is my son, one, hates football and does not give two craps about Michigan football. I cry at night. <laughs> I cry at night. That kid does not appreciate what I love. So if I can have a family that really loves it and can listen to me spout off about our Michigan Wolverines, then I want to keep that. That's very important to me. So I want that to be known. I want you guys to understand that. And I'm going to try the best I can to do that. So that's one of the main reasons there. Jay, thank you uh, for everything. I appreciate it. And definitely this little chart here helped us out quite a bit. Helped me with this um, example of the conspiracy theory. Now, I also have another conspiracy theory. And that's the Urban Meyer get the hell out of the Big Ten. Now, I have had this. And I've there's plenty of audio, uh, like, Proof. I have called this out. I've been a fortune teller of this for at least two seasons. Um, so all the new listeners, I'm going to break it down. All the old listeners, just, I know, put your fingers in the ears or just sit back and relax. I'll get through as quickly as I can. The My thought process is that this is the last year that Urban Meyer is going to stay or be the head coach of Ohio State. Uh, why, you ask? Why, Adam is... Urban Meyer going to leave? Well, I'll tell you. Thank you. That's a very smart question. Very astute of you to be thinking that. Um, because Urban Meyer is a gigantic douche. But even more, I'll break that down. Um, he likes to be a big fish in a big conference with no other big fishes. So therefore, he likes to get to a down conference and pick the one good team and ride them 
to super success. And then when that off the back of his success, when that when that conference starts trending upwards, he gets the hell out. Now you're saying, well, Adam, does that mean he's going to the Pac-12? No. Nobody wants to go to the Pac-12 because that's a lame conference. <laughs> you go to SC, you go to USC, but who yuck. Uh, I can't even imagine going to the Pac-12 because here's the because of one reason. Now you could probably make a good case that he could go to the Pac-12, but if this job wasn't going to be available, he's going to go to Notre Dame, and you're going to say, "Well, Adam." That's not right because Brian Kelly's there, and he's got them fighting Irish in the number three spot. Well, that's true for this season. But as uh, Colin Cowherd said this week, and thank God for Colin because it helps me with this this case, is that he said that somebody close to him, two people in college football, said that Urban Meyer's on his way out. Also, he said... That Brian Kelly has impressed many NFL people. And that they're chomping at the bit. Now, I'm using my own words, not his. If you want to, go to the herd and check out what he said this week. Uh, But he said that Brian Kelly's impressed a lot of NFL people, execs. And more than likely, he's going to get one of these jobs coming up next year. Well, Adam, guess what? My, my, My case now has some type of validity because I really do believe once Brian Kelly is gone, Urban Meyer is going to shed his skin. He's going to go ahead and take that Notre Dame job. Um, because one, here are the reasons why. And this is why it's better than being the Pac-12 or any other conference. Um, one, it's Notre Dame. Easy to recruit. So Notre Dame's on the same level as a Michigan, a Notre uh uh, Ohio State, uh, and Alabama, all that. It has the prestige. It's easy to recruit. Um, two, Notre Dame isn't a part of a conference, so it doesn't have to share any of the any of their money. When uh, NBC gives them their TV money for the year, they don't have to share that with anybody. So he gets all the money. Probably going to be a pretty big... Notre Dame would trip over themselves to get to... Urban Meyer now, now that he has rid himself of the penis shower, Zach Smith. Um, Urban Meyer always does this. Urban Meyer has had a track record of doing this, and it's cyclical with him. And I wish I could say that, it's, that he really is sick, but I think he's a big fat phony. Because once Alabama and LSU got good, that was around six years into his tenure with Florida, he got out of the SE. Out of the SEC. That's also around the same same time that Zach Smith decided he's going to start smacking his wife around. So perfect way out. Uh, took a year off. Uh, worked with ESPN. Started scouting. Remember, he did those on the campus or whatever that show or whatever those small breaks were, where he'd come back and report on on which t- which teams in the Big Ten look good or whatever. He was scouting his own team where he was going to go. Uh, went to Ohio State. Six years now. This is sixth or seventh year. Uh, Zach Smith once again starts rearing his ugly penis everywhere he goes. Uh, starts beating on his wife again, unfortunately, which is disgusting. But he does. And Urban Meyer now has headaches again. He is the Meryl Streep of coaching when it comes to acting as if he's got some type of illness. Um, I don't think he has an illness. I think last time it, uh, part of him leaving also was that he was 
uh, from what I heard now, this is allegedly, he was cheating on his wife. And I don't know if that's really true, so it's just what I heard. But I'm going to go with he's a douche, and he doesn't like having to compete with other really good teams. He likes it easy. He likes being the big, the big, the big don, the big fish, you know, in a really big conference. And now with with uh, Notre Dame, he's he can do everything he wants to without any of that pesky big conference teams getting good thing. So he's out. He's going to be gone this year, and I'd love to help him pack his bags and get him the f out of here because. I can't stand Ohio State. We all hate them. We all know that. That's the reason why we're doing this. We hate Ohio State. Um, But Jim Delaney now is forced to like us. Jim Delaney isn't going to want the Big Ten to miss out one more year on the the playoff. So we're not going to have these calls go against us this year. I don't think you're going to see the the fan, like the super fans, referring – this game as they were in 2006 for Ohio State. I mean, for God's sakes, 2006, I think they were high-fiving, butt-slapping. You would have thought that the refs, the officiating crew for that Ohio State game, was actually just an offshoot of Ohio State. They should have just put on the scarlet and gray and gone out there and just started making calls because every possible call went against us. This is not happening this year. I really don't believe that Jim Delaney is going to allow that to happen. I know it's going to hurt him, but he, that money that that Michigan's going to make the Big Ten from make, from winning the Big Ten the Big Ten championship and going to the playoff is going to make him feel a lot better. Now, if that wasn't a part of it, I really do believe that Jim Delaney would screw us once once again and give Urban Meyer a nice going away present. I really do believe that, but money speaks speaks the truth money speaks the way and money definitely is something that jim delaney is interested in so i really do believe for that they they leveled the playing field and now it's going to be a real game if anything we may get one or two calls our way Uh, it's going to be be amazing but i think that's what's going to happen now we're not going to need any of that i think even at the worst michigan's going to win like we beat indiana I really do, because like I said, God bless you if you think you're going to run up a whole lot of scores on Michigan in the third and fourth quarter. Notre Dame didn't even do that. I think Notre Dame either scored seven or three points. I I can't remember what it was because I tried to block that game out. In the second half, we shut them down second half, and that was the worst game we played all season. And they're the best team. They're one of the best teams in the nation right now. I believe if we play them, we beat them again. Or, you know, this time around. Anyways, 2016, the best shot we had to beat um, uh, beat uh, Ohio State in Ohio. Uh, three deficiencies that caused us to lose that game, not the refs, okay? I'm not going to go with the refs because I think that's a, a pussy way out. Uh, I don't like it. I don't think that's the way we should do it because we should look at our own performance and judge it that way. One. Wilton Spate quarterback play, not good. Interception return for a touchdown, fumble at the two. You go through a bunch of things. I know he was hurt, but still, Wilton Spate wilted in the big moments. Shea Patterson does not wilt. Shea actually gets better as as the pressure gets higher. And let's face it, that kid was baptized in the fire, being a true freshman at Ole Miss, going into, going into Tuscaloosa. 
and having to play dreaded Bama. They got crushed. It was probably one of his worst performances of his life, but he learned from that butt whooping. He learned how to play big games. Uh, Also, our offensive line, miserable. Couldn't run the ball in 2016 at the end of the game to solve away that game. Couldn't do it. Our defense, as great as it was in 2016, got tired. Got tired, and finally, when we needed to make big plays, we were too tired to make them. Now, those three deficiencies are our three strengths this year. Quarterback play, like I said, Shea Patterson, amazing. Two, our offensive line is probably it's one of the best offensive lines I've seen us have in a long time. And granted, as you if you've been a maniac for this whole season, you will have heard me blast the offensive line through pl- I mean plenty of times, plenty plenty of times. So I haven't always been the fan of the offensive line, but now they have done nothing but prove it on the field that they are a strength, not a hindrance. And uh, you got to give it to Cesar Ruiz. He called it at the beginning of the season. He said, we will not be the the weak point of this team. And he's been correct. Um, I think Braylon Edwards probably should buy that kid a shot or a drink or something and uh, tell him he's sorry because that's one thing he isn't is weak or trash or whatever he said about that poor kid at the beginning of the season. And I know Braylon, one of my favorite wide receivers of all time for Michigan, passionate. You know, I just think, and trust me, I said some awful shit that night too that I'm glad no one heard me say. So I'm I'm sure Braylon feels bad about it. So moving on. Also, our defense, Herbert. Actually, just not our defense. Herbert, strength and conditioning coach. We only get stronger now as the games go on. Ask Wisconsin. Go ahead, ask them. We pounded them into the dirt. Ask the number one rush defense in the in the nation, Michigan State, what we did to them at the end of the se- at the end of the game, as we continued to pound them and pound them and pound them and pound them. We get stronger as the games go on. Ohio State gives up big play after big play after big play, and they hold on for dear life. Now, I don't know. I know we have plenty of reason to fear this game. But this game is starting to shape up a lot like the Colorado-Nebraska game way back now. I'm going to say it was 2001, all right? Now, years old as me. I lived in Denver, Colorado. I've seen Nebraska. They used to be a dominant force in college football. I know you youngins don't know that because you've only seen this garbage on the field that they've been producing lately. But Nebraska was scary. And Colorado used to get whipped every year. But finally, that one moment in time when the everything aligned, the stars aligned perfectly. Colorado had a great run offense, great defense. Does that sound like anybody you know? Huh. Nebraska was semi-down. Does that sound like somebody you know? Another team that wears red? Hmm. Colorado whipped. Nebraska, 63-21, to 21. whipped them, showed no mercy. And I do believe if Michigan goes out and punches Ohio State in the face and gets up two scores, if we're up 17-3 going into the second quarter, hell, if we're going 17-3 going into halftime, it's over. And it's going to be a blowout at the end because Ohio State – can't hang with our defense. They can't hang with Don Brown's adjustments at halftime. It's done. They will crumble. It's going to be like uh, the all the 1980s and 1990 Super Bowls where the NFC pounded 
the AFC every time they got. Because in big games like this, your emotion gets super high. And your let's say your emotion is a bubble, right? You get super high and you're ready. You're built. You're ready to go boom, boom, boom. And it keeps building and building and building. And if that other team does something to pop that bubble, you have zero chance of winning. Everything collapses around you and you just give up. Your will is broken. I know this because I watched the I like I said I was born and raised in Denver, Colorado. I watched the Denver Broncos lose three awful, awful Super Bowls. Um in the same exact fashion. They're supposed to give the Giants a rough a rough game. Elway on his way up. We lose thirty nine eighteen or thirty eight nineteen, whatever the heck it was. Awful game. Then we play, it gets worse. Then we play uh Washington. We lose 42-10. Next year, we play San Francisco. Lose 55-10. That's what I'm saying. The weaker team loses to the best team. And that's what I really believe we are. We are the best team this year. We are sick and tired of them. We are tired of, first of all, we're just not tired of Ohio State and Ohio State fans, which we have always been tired of. But we are tired of the national pundits always saying we can't do it. And and the, the thing that really gets us, and I know it gets me, so it probably gets you too, is that they are right. They, we have given them nothing but enough ammo to show that we have not deserved to be in this game. That we have earned every loss that we've taken over the last 18 years. So that means nine of those years, losses at a oh, good old shoe. The shoe. <sighs> this is where it stops. This team is so focused. We're so driven. We're so ready. Don't be shocked. If it's a blowout and we crush them. Because if you think Harbaugh ran up the score against Penn State, just imagine what he's going to do against Ohio State. And I know we have to worry about that Tate Martell. Well, what will he do? He'll run. That's what he's going to do. And you know what? Maybe the first time he goes out there, they'll probably let him pass to scare us a bit. All right? But I don't see this team beating us. We are so dominant on defense. And I think we're going to be and the thing that gets me in big games, we have not faltered. We haven't. Ohio, Michigan State was a family rivalry. It had to be done. It was going to be ugly. We all knew it. It wasn't going to be one of those blowout things. So, yeah, this one this game could be close. I don't think so. I think once you break a demon and you start clearing out the closet and you start cleansing yourself of all these awful lost demons and you get them out, one close win, breaking the spirit, transfers throughout the rest. That's why we're able to put 42 on Penn State. You know, And I don't want to hear you say, oh, but what about Rutgers in Indiana? Look how we played. Yeah, well, of course we played a little weird. I mean, we had just crushed Penn State. Now we got to focus on Rutgers? No wonder it looked like a, a freaking scrimmage. Because it was meant to. Because it, we had a letdown. And then we were looking forward. So that was a weird trap game where it's a letdown and a trap game. Because we're letting down and looking forward. So it's going to be weird. We're not. We're only going to be about 75% in it. And then Indiana. Like I told you last week. And that's if you heard it through the barrage of F-bombs. I would like to play Indiana sometime when we don't 
when they're not a trap game. Just to give you a little uh, history on it, if you weren't listening last week, 2015, we play Indiana the week before we play Penn State. 2016, we play Indiana before we play Iowa. 2017, we play Indiana before we play Wisconsin. This year, we play Indiana before we play Ohio State. And guess who we play before Ohio State next year? Indiana. I would. I think this is on purpose. I think this is to help Indiana build a uh, build a, a comp, to build a team. I don't know whatever it is, but I'm sick and tired of playing Indiana when they're a, a trap team. I would like to play Indiana when when the next week is SMU or somebody. Okay, that's what I like to do, and I'd like to see how we do against them then. That's the real test. That's when I want to know if Indiana's really worth something. Because we're looking towards Ohio State. Yes, I know. If we lose that game to Indiana, all our hopes and dreams go down the the crapper. I get it. But come on, man. We knew we were going to win that game. Did you... Even though it was 17-15, not one point in time was I ever worried that we weren't going to win that game. I was more annoyed. Because we should have won that game 50 to freaking 17. We were between the 20s. Indiana couldn't stop us. I think we rolled up more than over 500 total yards offense. That's when you know, that's when I'll get scared is when when Michigan can't move the ball but the other teams keep scoring like what Northwestern did to us in the first quarter. It was the only time that I was actually worried. Outside of that, I haven't been worried since. When we were up seven nothing at halftime against Michigan State, I didn't worry. We that was the most dominant thing I've ever seen. I just I, this defense is so good and Don Brown's so freaking amazing. I don't know how we're gonna have a problem with this. You know, guys, I just don't. I don't see us having a problem. Um let's see here, let's go over some stuff here. Uh once again was having the Big Ten, I don't care. I'll be honest, there's only one game this week for me, and that's the game. I'm not gonna break down any other games, and I don't think you guys want me to. We're all focused on this game. Um, Big Ten, Jim Delaney. I went over most of the stuff that we've already talked about here. I feel this has been a pretty good podcast. Uh, but, you know, here's here's the thing. If this game is obviously important, but there's another reason why it's important. Because one of our goals, or the team, as they said, was one of our goals was we were going to get more than 11 wins. I truly believe if we lose this game, we don't win the bowl game because we're going to be so fucking distraught. Dang it. So freaking distraught that we lost. And it's probably going to be heartbreaking if we lose. They're not going to blow us out. It's going to be some baloney, like a, a bad call, obviously, that leads to them kicking a game winning field goal or something stupid. Um, that's not going to happen, though. But I'm just saying, I don't think we win because we're going to be so distraught that we go into this bowl game and I just don't see us winning it. So I think we're going to be stuck at 10 and 3 again. If we lose, that's all I'm saying is that it's this game is so important. That's why I don't think we're gonna we're gonna what what's left to look at. Every our season, our life, everything, our future is this game. We don't win this game. We don't deserve the playoff. We don't deserve to be called the next Alabama. We don't deserve any of the praise that was coming our way. We don't deserve it if we don't go in there and we don't give them everything and all that we have left. All right? We just don't. 
But I don't think that's the thing. I think we're going to go in there in a row. I think we're going to whip their butts, and it's going to be over by half, more than likely. Because I'll tell you, if they're going to win, they're going to have to put all their they're going to have to put all their points in the first and second first and second quarter, and I don't think they're going to do it. You can't get past Don Brown. And here's the thing. We have so many guys that came back, so many guys that fit the motto of what Bo Schembechler said. Okay? The team, the team, the team. And he said, those who stay will be champions. That fits so well this season. Those who stay will be champions. I mean, Rashawn Gary said this is why he came to Michigan, to play in this huge of a game, this type of game. Chase Winovich came back just to play in this game. You know, I mean, there's so many uh, so many guys who are fifth-year seniors who came back just to play in this game. Guys who stayed, who who want to be champions. And that's why they're going to win this game, because they know what it takes to win this. Those who stay will be champions. Like like Charles Woodson said, this is a big game for, for Jim Harbaugh as it is anybody else. But it's the focus you put on this game that gets you to win this game. And you have to focus on this game, and you have you just have to be, this has to drive you. This is the game that we all wait for. And I don't think they're going to let us down. I really don't. This is the most confident I have ever been of going into Columbus and playing those guys. I just, I, I don't know how we lose. And I'll be honest. If we lose, I make them into felony. <laughs> so I, I just want to warn you now, <laughs> win or lose, the reaction episode might not happen that night. Because if we win, I'm going to be gooned out of my head. And you're not going to want to hear that podcast. So I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of F-bombs dropped. If we lose, you definitely don't want to hear the reaction episode. Or definitely not going to happen that night. So I'll probably be in jail. <laughs> uh, on a lighter note, I like I said, those who stay will be champions. And all our key guys have stayed in hopes of being champions, believing to be champions. And <coughs> sorry about that. And this is what's going to happen. Bo called it. Bo set the set the theme. And now our Jimmy, our Jimmy man, our Jimbo, our Jim Harbaugh. You know, Bo. See, and this is what another little comparison. He is Bo Schembechler 2.0. He's it. Not a lot of people like Bo Schembechler either, you know. Jimmy's 2.0. And you know who else is 2.0? We have Jim Harbaugh as a quarterback 2.0. And that's in Shea Patterson. I've, I've watched highlights of Jim Harbaugh recently because I thought the same thing. I, I was thinking of it when watching Shea play, and he is. He is Harbaugh. I mean, Harbaugh ran around. He was brash. He was. He believed. He had a high self confidence. He could run. He could throw on the run. He was amazing. Same like Shea. Shea is Harbaugh, just younger version. That's all it is. Two point Harbaugh. We got everything in everything. The line. The the stars are aligned. We've got. Bo 2.0, we got Jimmy 2.0, we've got a great defense that what Bo said decades ago still speaks truth to this day. 
the team, the team, the team. And every time you see this team play, you see them care about each other. You see them push team. You see them say, my brother or us, or they never single themselves out. And when you force them to make a prediction, they make a prediction. Now, I know it's a 30 second, 30, the 32nd guarantee, I call it, from Cron uh, Higdon. But he had to do it. He believes it. Of course he believes it. He's a he's a confident young man. Why isn't he? He's going to go out there. He's going to die on that field. So, of course, he's going to give that guarantee. And I back him on it. So does Jim Harbaugh. As you notice, if you watched any of the press conferences or things like that, of course, those uh, those media people just want you to say stuff like that so they can get a video clip and and, and post it and do whatever the, whatever else they want. That's the only reason why they kept hounding him. Boy, would you say that it's a guarantee? Uh, how would you say it? Why? Do you believe? You know, I mean, it was ridiculous. I don't know. To be quite honest, if Ohio State needs that to get up for a game, we're really going to whip their butts. I think all it does is it gets us fired up because they know the captains are ready. The captains are ready to go. We got everything going, guys. This should be a great week for us. Okay, this should be a week we party. This should be a week that we change the future of the Big Ten and the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry. Because think of it this way. We win this game. We send, we kick little Irby Meyer right out of the Big Ten. Wave and see you later, buddy. And then we have one win against Ohio State next year. Come into it. They're not going to have a good coach. Who in the, who in the, who's going to quit? I don't I can't think of one good coach that 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 uh, Ohio State can get that's going to make a difference in this rivalry. All right, not right now unless there's somebody we don't know about. And then next year we play him in the big house, and you know how we play in the big house now. We are we are deep. We have oh, and this is the first year that if everything stays the way it is, we're going to finish ahead of Ohio State in recruiting. Everything's going our way. Everything's changing. Now we just got to go do it, put it out on the field, and seal it up and go home. All right? That's, I'm telling you, everything's aligning. I don't know how we lose this game. I don't. But I'll be telling you, if we do, I'll be doing the reaction episode from jail. I'll tell you that much. So on that note, guys, uh, please leave a review. Please go to the Michigan Maniac uh, podcast fan page. Let me know what you think. Uh, leave a uh, leave a rec- recommendation on the fan page because I can use it that way to promote. I want to make this the greatest and the only Michigan podcast in town. I want to make it different. I want to give uh, different looks at Michigan because it seems like you get the same bullcrap. Well, not bullcrap, but the, just the same takes from every podcast possible. You know, I just I want to be different. And I want you guys to enjoy it. And I want you guys to be maniacs along with me. And I hope we can make it a national thing. I want this thing to be huge. And I'm working on getting, I, I've got a picture of the t-shirts now. I just got the email. So I'm going to send it to you guys. Um, and we're going to see what's going on. All right, we'll get it going. Everything's going to be great. Um, but like I say, I love doing the show. Please re- leave a review on whatever platform it is. Go to Anchor and leave a review. Go to whatever. And just, you know, guys, uh iTunes, leave a review, you know, just everything I said at the beginning, I'm starting to wander off because this is now the third attempt at this uh, podcast. But every guys, just remember, it is great to be a Michigan Wolverine and always and forever, guys, go blue.